0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep,
1: Suplex Retweet.
2: Hello everyone, you are back watching, watching, listening, not watching, because we're only on Spotify this time, we're not on YouTube. Welcome to Saturday Draft Live, and this is the big bumper edition episode where I get to use my draft opportunity after winning season six of the draft up against our co-champions, one of which is a host of Saturday Draft Live, but we'll get on to him in a minute. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably on it, so go check us out. Twitter, at retweet Our Facebook as well. We've got the community community page on Facebook. We speak regularly about different things that's happening in the world of wrestling. We get your opinions for our feature shows that come up. We talk about stuff for Central. we recently been doing live streams of uh, speak predictions and whatnot. We've a little fun flavour to that, so definitely check that out. Uh, we've got our YouTube channel as well, where you can find the Book at Tournament, the latest episode which was myself and Ross McLeod going up against each other in a WWF versus WCW Warzone thing, where the two brands go up together in 1999. So that's fun if you're a fan of the Attitude either. So check that out. And we also got the Christmas Quiz Christmas Christmas Quiz Showdown. No, I was to say Quizmas. Christmas Christmas Quiz Showdown, to to Christmas, <laughs> Christmas quiz showdown will come up uh, in a couple of weeks as well. So you should check that out. But I'll take you on to my, my hosts for the day as well. We are joined by Scott McLeod, who's having an extraordinary season so far. I do the same so myself. How are you doing, Scott?
3: Oh, oh Merry Christmas there, Jack. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I think I had a, a decent week there. I don't want to get too ahead of myself, you know. I'm calling it like I, just like I see it. So, you know, I don't want to you know get too big-headed this, this early into a season. But yes, I'm I'm happy to be here. You know what? I'm
2: happy that you're here as well, Scott. Thank you for joining us again. And as I alluded to in the 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 very scuffed intro, where I said Quizmas and whatnot, we have one half of the Co ESSR champions here that will be defending his title to become ultimately the undisputed ESSR champion. As David talking, to Dave, how are you feeling about that showdown coming later on?
0: You know what? I actually did the numbers, and I actually just realised that there is a two thirds chance that the temp that the championship will stay with Saturday Draft Live, even though you are one of my challengers.
2: <laughs> that is very true. So the other half of the ACSR champions is Daniel Campbell. He's not participating in the draft this season, but there's the the ruling we have for the belt is that the the draft opportunity has to be used when the. The challenger and the champion are on the same show, but obviously when it's been co-champions, it's hard to do that. So they had the the sweeps last week for NXT Takeover War Games, and they both got the exact same score. So Daniel was like, "You know what? This needs to get sorted. I'm coming on Saturday, Draft five, and I'm coming to bring home that undisputed title." So he'll be with us at the end of the show, and you can find out what's happening there. But boys, we've got some matters to take care of here. We've got to talk about the fallout of War, war Games. And what has happened with that? So we'll look straight at the top three. And friendly enough, it's someone that's got nothing to do with war games, Scott. It is mm-hmm. Drew McIntyre, Gary's captain on 13 points. Uh, a familiar face in the top three,
3: isn't it? Yeah, usually like in second or first position in the top three. So looking at it being 13 points, like, when you look at the points that the, the other two people have got and how Drew usually performs in this position, like it looks like a quiet week for him by comparison. But again, 13 points and you know, Drew being guys still nothing there to sniff at and obviously Drew is getting ready for his big match at TLC next week where uh, I think of recent rumours of like the plans for WrestleMania or anything go by, Drew will carry that belt through TLC and into WrestleMania so obviously he'll be probably appearing more and more in this top three as the season goes on. Aye, ah, nice it's, it's, you don't you don't really see him
2: or Roman Reigns losing their title at TLC, so it'll be a good good amount of points for Gary. And oh, I was going to say, it's Ryan. Ryan's got Roman Reigns again, doesn't he? Yes, he
3: yeah, does.
2: Nice, yeah, so that'll be, that'll be a good amount of points for them coming up. But uh, our second place in 16 points is someone that's a bit unfamiliar to the top three, Dave, obviously. Mm-hmm. Didn't win at War Games didn't win a match in NXT this Wednesday, I don't think, but he appeared many, many a time. It's Damien Priest. Mm-hmm. Are you ever a surprised at seeing that essentially a loser and a kind of winner's podium position here?
0: You know what? Damien Priest has actually surprised me this week because, and you're right enough, you know, he may not have won the North American title of War Games, but I think the crucial thing is he wasn't pinned. And I think there's mm-hmm. something in the rules that says you don't incur a loss if if he wasn't pinned and because he's also uh, Ross's captain right now, that's why he scored so many points. Uh, And with also the multiple appearances I said on NXT, it just sort of uh, the points accumulated and the captaincy doubled it. So I think that's actually a very, very smart play from, from Ross. And Damien Priest is now joint second in the top 10 scorers this season so far, which is, which is pretty damn impressive considering he was on Gary's team last season. And it was, um, he sort of kept a low presence, but he kept Carrie's team afloat nonetheless. So, yeah, fair play to Priest.
2: I was, I was, well, I will this up this morning. I was surprised even to see the Priest up there, especially, you know, Johnny Gargano won the belt. Obviously, he's no one's captain, I don't think, but he won the belt and he appeared in a couple of segments in NXT as well. And he's on that top three, so I was a bit, bit surprised at that. But one that I'm not surprised, who is our uh, top or top one of the week. 24 points and is also now first in the top 10 of the season with 26 points Scott Scott it's your captain your tag team fishing strong team fishing
0: Fish, rods, yes. fishing rod. <laughs>
3: still getting that before Dave said it you know yeah and they're uh, also uh, at, at, at time recording they're also currently the best uh, performing NXT pick and they're also given it as the first thing they even picked together as a team they are currently the number one in the top five newcomers of the season Mm-hmm. Uh, with Pat McAvey about uh, 10 points behind them and yeah I think this is the, kind of the result I was looking for coming in at our war games you know I and mean, as much as we all want undisputed error to win I'm kind of disappointed neither Daniel or Dave went for Pat's team to win because we would have had a clear winner we wouldn't have to go on the route we've had to go to crown an undisputed champion but with, with Fish and Stroke, yeah, the captain's position helped us I had some faith you know war games being an undisputed errors match and Obviously, when the heels won in the, the opening match of the night, I thought then it's better than the chances that Undisputed Air won later on. However, this has made questioning some decisions, though, going forward because of the reports to do with Bobby Fish. He uh, received a very bad laceration on his elbow, and he talked about having a ha- surgery, retached his tricep, and the words indefinitely would describe how long he would uh, be out for. Uh, which is not a word I like, you because know, he and Fish could easily be back uh before the end of the season you No, know, and it looks like they're gonna be the tag team going forward and you know, they the when you're logging and Burt teased like the idea of the radar coming for the tag belt. So I'm not saying they can't, like when the tag belt's still this season, but I think I need it's maybe the same reactionary by some people, but I think I'm doing what's best for my team. I think I for now need to take the captaincy off of uh Fish and Strong. I'm doing it earlier than I I would have hoped to do but I think given the news about wife it probably this is the right decision
2: That makes sense obviously you've. I think it's the good thing is you manage to do it at a point where you've got that undisputed era when obviously it's unfortunate that Fish is needing to potentially go get surgery and could be out for that season we don't know when he's going to come back but you do have either Sasha Banks Biggie, E Ember Moon Matt Riddle or Orange Cassidy to put that cap and say on
3: yeah. Who are you going for? Uh, well, I'm not gonna go for for Ember She's currently my worst performing uh, pick, uh, so I don't think she's very much. I think the the two best options I mentioned them before: Sasha and Biggie. They're the two options. And you know, there's a lot of uncertainty as to what exactly the plans are for Biggie because you know, like I said, bit rumors for WrestleMania going around. You know, it doesn't look like he's actually going to win the rumble as we all like him to. Uh, he could be getting put, better be getting pushed into a major IC title program. But talking about people who will hold their belts like throughout the, the, the season, I think Sasha Banks is one of those people, which is why I think Sasha Banks is the smarter decision for now to place my captain say, so, Oh, you know, again, like I said, I wanted to do this twice again to get into maybe sooner to the closer to the rumble. Uh but I'm having to do it now because of the circumstances surrounding Bobby Fish. So yeah, as of now, Sasha Banks is officially my new captain.
2: I think that's the mm-hmm. the smartest play you could make, obviously. She's got her title defense. Well, obviously, eh, last night on SmackDown they had the title match thing, whatever. But I'm pretty sure that still be having their match at TLC. Mm-hmm. Which you'd like to think that Sasha Banks would win. I think it was, I think it was a smart move to put it on Sasha six say because the, the uncertainty around Big E right now. We don't really know the direction. I was tipped to win the Rumble and go on to face Reigns. But now there's different plans of out if you pay attention to. Twitter and all that malarkey. So I ain't, I ain't going. Sasha, Sasha as a safe bet, obviously. Well, we'll, we'll kind of talk about what, how the how TLC will affect the draft next week. So I won't go too much into that. But I think I think Dave Scott's made the right choice here, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, there's a lot more uncertainty surrounding Big E now. I think there's been rumours floating around that Keith Lee has been tipped to win the Royal Rumble now. But I think putting it on Sasha Banks, and she's in a, a high-profile feud with Carmella, as we've seen on SmackDown, she may have lost. Uh, the title match by DQ but hopefully we'll get to see see that rivalry continue all the way to the Royal Rumble so I, I think that's probably the best thing he could have done you know
3: no, Scott, Scott so, well done yeah thanks I also you know with Biggie you not saying he can't win like the IC title or the Rumble or both of them uh, this season I just think there's like a lot of rumours because even Big said he'll believe it when he sees it when talking about what the plans are for him and so I think even if he does win the SC title, and all, I, I'm home, fingers crossed that Matt Riddle, given these interactions with the Hurt Business, maybe Matt Riddle's in line to win the US Bill. And so, even without undisputed error, I've got Sasha Banks retaining her title. And I think I've got enough members of my team going after championships with the that I think I can maintain a strong uh, team, even if my tag team isn't performing as strongly as I'd hope because one of them is injured. Because apparently, I'm not allowed to have good tag teams as the last uh, couple of seasons of a uh, I've shown you know I got some false hope with Wardians and then Fish gets injured as he, he get he happens to do far too often. <laughs> well ho- hopefully your your captain to change brings good
2: luck for you, but we'll we'll move on to our purgatory to begin with. Uh, I don't want to say them after the main table because they're they're in purgatory. They shouldn't have that delicacy of being read out after the main table. So we'll go go straight into that. David Campbell is on twenty three points and Grant. Is on fifty-two. Obviously, we saw we spoke about I spoke about it earlier on there. Carmella technically won the title match, obviously not with the belt last night on SmackDown, but David did get them cap uh, did get them title points for Carmella. Uh, Scott, it's quite a big gap now, twenty-nine points. Obviously, David Campbell's gonna have quite a bit of representation when it comes to round one Grant won't, but they seem to be kind of going all in just now with Kenny Omega. And obviously, kind of you look at the, the rest of the team, he's got the new day, he's got Tony Storm, MGF, Pete Dunne. They're they are kind of regular features on TV now as well. Do you see this getting closer as we get near the end of the season or do you think Grant can keep this gap that's already been formed?
3: Well, I think uh, one thing that Grant's annoyed about that David Campbell should be thankful of is that, Dave, that Stephen is not counting uh, Kenny Omega's appearances and impact uh, for points, which uh, David should be happy about. Uh, I think the fact that Tony Storm won at Wargames, but also uh, Pete Dunn didn't, I think that kind of balanced it out in terms of points for, for Grant. And well, David Campbell is picking up the momentum, you know. I mean, Bailey is in the middle of this kind of weird thing where she's losing a lot. I don't know what the, the overall plan is with that. Maybe they want her to win the Rumble. I know he'd love that, but the fact that we're going into uh, so, uh, TLC and like, I don't see the rumor that 19 are going to lose the come else Carmelo's more than likely going to lose, say, Sasha. But I think at the same time, Grant has got the new day who are likely to lose. So I think even if uh, like David Campbell's people lose at TLC, I think he needs to hope that Grant loses at TLC as well so he can try and close that gap, because I think he is starting to build some the, the momentum, because the gap isn't as big as it was last week, because they're like 20-odd points to 8. Uh, so I think, you know, already in the week, he's already starting to build those points. I think, again, as I said before, he just needs to make sure that Grant does worse than him to help close the gap, so he can then ho- hopefully overtake him at some point.
2: Obviously, Dave, we've seen uh, David Campbell Can I talk about it a bit on our, on our draft group chat. He's he was saying that obviously Grant's had a bit of an advantage here in this purgatory table because we did the, the random wheel generator and Grant mm-hmm. got a draft third and Campbell got a draft in 11th. I think there is a, to me, I think there is a clear stark in quality between their teams. Um, I, I I I I think that Grant's got this pretty safe. I'm, Bailey, Bailey's a good shout and a good shout as well, same with Naya and, Sh- and Shana, but Strowman, obviously, he's going to be out indefinitely. Murphy, I don't know about, to be honest. And Silver, see, well, I don't really pay much attention to Darker or that, so I don't really know what's happening there. But to me, I feel as if there's a bit more oomph with, Gra- with Grant. Steve, I don't know what your take is on it.
0: I think Grant noticed the opportunity to take Kenny Omega as a first-round pick, and that's proved to dividends for him now that Kenny Omega is the AEW world champion. But I think also Grant was thinking... Ahead towards war games and where the future of NXT would go. Cause he's currently got two NXT representatives in there with Tony Storm and Pete Dunne, who are both heavily featured at takeover. And I can see them both being continued to be featured uh, in the following NXT because remember Pete Dunne got a win against uh big demo this week on NXT and Tony Storm looks like she's uh, going into a feud with Io Shirai possibly now. So it's uh, I think it's everything's looking up for Grant at this stage and he's just He's thought he's planned ahead of time and he's got two heavily featured superstars on NXT and he is the AEW world champion. He's in a much better position to be scoring points here.
3: I do you do have to think also that maybe they get maybe the position in drafting played a factor in it. But again, that's out of every control, you know, it's determined by the spin of the wheel and it was smart to, you know, get Bailey basically especially in the position he was in, like nobody got her before he did. And again, he was sick in the last. Mayan Shanaff, again, said with a smart pick, kind of it takes away two singles, but picks away. Also, John Silver could, I think, surprise everybody. Cause I think he's, him and Alex Reynolds and Hangman Page are in a six-man against, the hard, against Matt did private party. So, you know, I actually think that could be uh, going David Campbell's favour. But yeah, I think also the lack of A T people went a bit with the thing where we had war games where two out of uh, two people out of Grant's team were in war games matches. I guess, like I said, I think that evened it out. But Pete Dunne also may essentially go into if he's potentially going contention for the NXT title that thing where him, Kyle O'Reilly, and Damon Priest were obviously confronting Finn Balor. So you know, they got that New Year's Evil special. And I wouldn't put it past them to uh, put Pete Dunne in the match against uh, against Finn Balor.
2: So there's a lot to talk about with but we'll get on to the the main league just now. I say it's the the ten in the main league this season of the twelve, but. Our new boys, Strack and Derek, are in the bottom two at 29 and half points, respectively. But I will say, from 10th up until 3rd, there is only, like, 9 points difference. So it's, it is very tight between all of those positions. And now we'll, we'll see when we're kind of going through the rest of the table. Ryan Gallagher is on 34 points. Myself, I was top of the table last week. I'm now at 7 on 36. I don't have any of my, my competitors, competitors wrestle. Unfortunately, it was, it was a tough going, but I managed to sit there at 36 points. Stephen, uh, 37 points, tied with David Hockney, yourself, you're on 37 points as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Stephen's captain was Pat McAfee at War Games, he is sitting 1, 2, 3, 4, fifth in the top 10 of the season. But Stephen feels that Pat McAfee has served his time as captain, and he is making that change to the limitless one, Keith Lee. Which mm-hmm. I think is a very, very, very sound choice
3: to that do that could be, there, Scott. That could be a season
0: stealer right there.
3: Yeah, I mean, as you just said, potentially, you know, win the the rumble, and obviously, Dave, you can attest to the points that you can get from uh, from winning your, pick, your your pick, winning the rumble. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. so excited, I can't get my words out. Uh, but then adding the captaincy advantage onto that, you know, I think even if Stevens in the, the middle point of the, the table, by the time the rumble comes, I could shoot him all the way up to potentially oh god, I mean, should we say another potential victory, potential draft victory maybe a three-time winner, but sorry, I, 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 I seemed a bit biased there sorry, yeah. I, that's not like me I, I penalty myself, that the original yeah. I mean, it could be a very smart decision from Mr Wilson
2: So we have Gary on 37.5 points sitting uh, fourth Kwaku, one of the, our new entrants as well, is a returning feature in the draft he's sitting third to 38.5 so, really, as as I said, there's that nine point difference between Kwaku and Strachnir enough. So, it's, anything can still happen at that point, but there is roughly about a 14 point gap up to you, Scott, where you're sitting with 52 points. A bit of a, a turnaround in fortunes from last season, isn't it?
3: Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Like I said, I, I came in here learning my lessons from last season, You know, trying to pick smarter and hopefully getting a better position when it comes to picking my team. I think also the fact that me and Ross both had undisputed the errors were tag teams going into war games. Ross did also didn't have the captaincy like I did, but I think that had to be a major factor in the keeping the two of us as high as we are. And uh, also Candace LeRae was on Ross's team, so she won as well. So that's two major war games wins, which kept Ross afloat. So I think also, like I said, war games as we as we predicted did play a major factor in this. Aye, and that's, that's
2: even showing me Ross in the top of the table there in sixteen. Points also Dave, it's a a common feature I think very early on and near enough every season. Since I've competed anyway, nearly enough near enough every season. Ross has kind of been there or thereabouts to begin with, be kind of false by the wayside a bit. With his yeah. team, the now let me let me go through his team before you before mm-hmm. we get to talking here. We've got Colin O'Reilly, AJ Styles, Candice LeRae, Baron Corbin, Damien Priest, and Aleya Mysterio. I think this is one of the strongest teams out of. Everyone on this obviously, Shawn had been top of the table. Could, do you think this can finally be Ross's time of winning season seven of the ESSR draft?
0: There's certainly the there's certainly potential there because when you look at that team on paper, it, it does look pretty impressive. Because AJ Styles has obviously continued to be featured as a top star on Raw. Candice LeRae, you know, even though she suffered a, an arm injury during War Games, she's now got a new direction on NXT with uh, Johnny Gargano's new faction, The Way. Uh, so it's I wouldn't rule out uh, rule out Ross just yet, you know. Despite one of his team members being injured, I think this could actually help him uh, in some capacity. So, Damien Priest, you know, he's um, he's been a major, surprisingly high scorer for Ross's team. So I, but then again, he got attacked by Carrying Cross, so we don't know if uh, Priest is going to appear as regularly now. Baron Corbin, there's still potential with him with now that he's got in Steve Cutler and Wesley Blake of that staple I've, I've forgotten what they're called now <laughs> uh, but uh, Aliyah Mysterio I think is the one I think is going to probably let him down because she will probably only rack up appearance points and she's not been appearing as frequently uh, compared to the previous months so it may require a captaincy change at some point but on paper I think Ross could still finish highly even if he doesn't score big come the Royal Rumble Yeah I think looking
3: at Ross's team you know is injury and like, AJ potentially losing to to Drew at TLC, and if you keep it going, maybe he'll have another loss to him, maybe learn about the Rumble. That does open up possibilities for somebody to kind of keep into the top spot and maybe overtake Ross or catch up to him. Baron Corbin, I think, is a smart choice because, uh, as much as some fans might not like it, he does appear a lot, and so he's a, a constant presence on SmackDown. The uh, Cole O'Reilly team, while it beat off at WarGames. I think we've mentioned before, it's maybe a tactic, tactical decision. Uh, whereas I think they may appear backstage together as part of a disputed error. But right now, the focus, I think, is on Kyle O'Reilly as a singles guy going forward. And so I might lose some value points with Kyle O'Reilly competing in, like, singles matches. Uh, in Priest, like, is surprised to have that he was these Russell's captain. He did pay off this week, given he was in the top three. But, yeah, I think he may need a captaincy change soon, given that, you know... Uh, carrying Cross's back end, uh, I think looking at what happened when I see it, looked like maybe Priest could be Cross's first opponent, and upon his return, and if Cross is going to get pushed right back to the to where he was in the title scene, then I don't think it's going to work out in Demian Priest's favour.
2: So, as we were speaking about there, we were speaking about the way.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But, Dave, do the listeners know the way?
0: Uh, I certainly hope so, because uh, we do have an update from the Listener's League, and it is quite a, a table flip following war games and stuff, because one of our competitors did have Team Fishing Rod as their tag team. So, but we'll start from the bottom and we'll work our way up. Uh, Sit at the bottom of the table, unfortunately, it's uh, the Dutch destroyer Tom Brock with the Royal Boys on 34 points. Just ahead of him is Ryan Gleesh with the socially distanced stable, 35 points. Gary Morris with Quizzy Rascals on 37. Mark Hume with You Done Goofed on 40 points. And then third place, Alan Laurie with No Team Name Given on 48 points. Now, this is where it starts to take a bit of a jump. The Listeners League now has a two-horse race uh, at this early stage of the draft. Robert Shaw with the Jesters on 71 points. He had a, a pretty solid week this week with Street Profits, Drew McIntyre, uh, and Johnny Gargano as well winning the the North American title, he also had Dakota Kai on his team who won war games. So top scoring all round. I think what let him down, he also has Rhea Ripley in his team. So a loss in the women's war games match didn't do a lot of damage, but he has more wins than losses, which puts him comfortably in second place. And just ahead of him on with half a point, point, seventy-one and a half points is Colin Blackburn with Colshie's elite team, who scored big with Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong as his tag team. He also scored big with Tony Storm and Dakota Kai, uh, both winning in war games, and some heavy features from both Matt Riddle, Randy Orton, and his captain, Drew McIntyre, who scored 13 points. So he had two of the top three scorers this week uh, in his team. So I think Colin has certainly turned it around with, uh, with the fallout of war games. Uh, so and there's obviously as we mentioned, Toni Storm looks like she's going to be heavily featured in NXT going forward uh, against Io Shirai. So it's definitely between those two. But if I was an early bear, I'd say Colin is probably going to be the favourite to win so far. Oh
2: my my, he's putting all his all his all his eggs in one basket
0: there, aren't you? Hey, it's an early prediction. I've not. It's not an official <laughs> one.
3: You know, I was going to say it is a big sneak like, surprise. Like you said, right Tom was actually one of the top positions of last week's table, and now he's right at the bottom, I think, is quite surprising. Is that I think maybe it's to do with the lack of NXT people, because like you've got people from AEW and SmackDown, all of which made uh, some sort of presence this week. The only person on his team that really didn't make any sort of appearance was Kay Lee Ray, the lone NXT UK pick. So it's also a surprise to see him in this position. Uh, Colin, I think we talked about last week, that he'd probably be in the top position, given his NXT representation with Fish and Strong, uh, also, you've got two out of the four members of, uh, of the Women's War Games team, the winning team, Dakota Kai and Tony Storm. And uh, obviously, Drew McIntyre, his captain, had to help as well. And then obviously, Robert Shaw did very well. He is so. yeah. He also had Dakota Kai and also Johnny Gargano and also Drew as his captain as well. And also, you have got MJF there who uh, got the win over Orange Cassidy, I believe, this week. So that had to help as well. And then also, they've got that big 14 man tag going in AA next week. So, like I said, they, on paper, these are the two of the, the stronger teams at the minute. I think that's why they're both in the top. But, like you said, we are, even though it's a shorter season, we are still fairly early into this.
2: All I know is that the majority of listeners are drafting way better than us. And I think that's a poor <laughs> show from
0: the boys. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, you know, if the Listeners League was included alongside. Uh, our main table, both uh, Colin and Robert would be the top two. Colin would be winning overall. That is That's saying something.
3: Going back to the main table, I think if we can for a second, we mentioned Ryan. I want to talk about Ryan Gallagher's team. Uh, I may have made a a mistake last week and I will uh, admit that. I maybe suggested the idea of Finn Balor being chosen again when we don't know when he'll be back. It may be a mistake uh, by Ryan, but given that Finn appeared this week, he appeared in a vignette on War Games, and it looks like uh, New Year's Evil He's going to get at least one title defense this season. Plus the idea, we don't know what way the Akarashida thing is going to go with her and Abaddon, and also that Bucks are still with tag champs, and Roman's probably going to retain the title at TLC and the Rumble. I actually think that even though he's in eighth position now, Ryan,
2: it'll be a matter of time before Ryan is in there, at least the top five Yeah, I, I think Ryan, Ryan does have a have a good team, obviously TLC will see a, a, a stark difference in where he lies in the team when it comes to that pay-per-view, but as for now, that is our draft conversation over so Scott, it's time to button up your shirt, put your tie on, get your suit jacket on, get your question ready <laughs> me, me, me and Dave have a championship to go win, so I bid you adieu, boys, and I'll see you in a few minutes. Scott, take it away, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, per the request of the challenger, I would like to introduce CM Punk's personal ring announcer, (laughs) WWE Hall of Famer, Howard Finkel. Now
0: you're talking about <laughs> nostalgia. <laughs> Give it up for the feet, baby. All right, glad, he, glad he's been on the treadmill. Greatest, Ricardo, Ricardo. greatest announcer of all time right here. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't wait
2: to hear this man say my name when I first got here. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop the pain. Introducing the Challenger. <laughs> oh my God. From Chicago, Illinois. Oh, God. Weighing 218 pounds, C. M. H. Oh
3: yeah.
0: I bet C. M. Punk might have made that choice. Great pick, Punk. Great pick. Howard may be a little rusty.
3: Give <laughs> so it up for Howard. <laughs> 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 Alrighty. In my best Howard Fengel impression, Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is the triple threat match for the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat Heavyweight Championship. The rules are this. We have three competitors. I will give each of them a wrestling-related question. Yes, it will have to do something with numbers because that seems to be the rule with these types of questions. They will each then must send me their answer via Facebook Messenger. You must do it in quick time, otherwise you will have accusations of googling. It is unavoidable. And whoever is closest to the actual answer, or to they get bang on, then you are the new Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat champion. This will not be a case of oh, you're a couple either side. Uh, you're a couple either side. Then you and you get it. No, it's basically because there's three of you. Basically, whoever's closest, you get it. Even if you're all Like, you go over, whoever is over by the least still gets it because, again, it's whoever is closest. As I said, we have three competitors. We are here to crown an undisputed champion. And this reminds me of the the other time that everybody remembers that we had to crown an undisputed champion. Yes, that's right. We're all thinking it. The time Hardcore Holly, China, and Chris Jericho all fought each other at the Royal Rumble 2000 to crown the undisputed intercontinental champion. And you know what? In a way, all these competitors kind of remind me of those people in that triple threat from Rumble 2000, and I'll explain to you why. Introducing. First. This man is a lot like Hardcore Holly. He goes around and he yells to everybody, How do you like me now? He And we all resoundingly say back to him, We don't. Like much like Hardcore Holly coming into this match with everything to gain and nothing to lose, it's Jack Graham Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I, I do like to big myself up and talk a talk
2: a big game, but it's 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 finally came t- time to use my season six draft opportunity but unfortunately unlike the rest of the draft whereas I need to come up against two two champions here to take home the undisputed SSR yes, championship. So you know it's a it's just another hill that I need to climb. But it's a hill that I'll put my flag on top of that belt because quite frankly, it, it's it's what I deserve.
3: You know, my like Ellie sires always said, "Always got to be another battle. Always got to be an uphill battle, and all that stuff. <laughs> But But move on to your competitors. Your the two co-yeses cool, are champions his tiebreaker organ can uh, achieved absolutely nothing <laughs> if they're still champions. Uh, first off, don't treat him like a woman. Don't treat him like a man. Don't treat him like you know him. If judging by his draft team name, treat him like a Tory. It's David. Oh. <laughs>
0: Wow, wow. Do not treat me like a Tory, by the way, because I, uh, I absolutely reject uh, that, that view of the world.
3: Well, somebody had to be the China situation. It had to be you, Dave, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Aye, don't go around calling me a Tory, okay?
3: <laughs> uh, and also, the other cool ESSR champion, he is much like Chris Jericho in the situation. As his impressions are much like Fossey songs. Yeah, one or two of them are good, but maybe just leave it at that. Because anything else after that just gets a little bit sad and annoying. It's Daniel Campbell.
1: That's that you introduce Le Champion of a galaxy far, far away. Just like you would introduce Le Champion. Good on you, Scott. Good, good, good choice. Thank you. I gentlemen, you've all
3: listened to shows that some of you have been involved in these kind of situations. You... And you heard me at the start there. You know how this works. Are you just ready to get into it?
0: Yes. Aye. Firing it, bitch. Been in this situation many a times. I know exactly how this works.
3: Very well. Then we shall begin. Gentlemen, your question is this. Now, Daniel and Dave, your tiebreaker was meant to be at all games. But again, as I said, you still tied, which led us to this situation. And your question is this. At War Games, we had two War Games matches. And I want you to tell me what was the combined match time of both War Games matches? What was the length of both matches combined? And David Talkney is it in
0: first. I am so glad you said this, by the way, because believe it or not, I actually looked this up last night. Jack is in as well.
1: I've seen in as well, Scott. Yep.
3: I don't know. I've just seen jacks first, so it took me a second.
1: Yeah,
3: no noise. Hmm. Okay, this is interesting. So, Daniel, you have put 35 minutes, 45 seconds as the as time for both matches combined. David me and Jack Graham have actually put the same time of 80 minutes. Oh.
0: Now, oh
3: the women's war games match was the 35 minutes and 22 seconds overall. And just slightly longer than that was the men's war games, which was 45 minutes and one (gasps) second. Oh my God. The actual combined time is one hour, 20 minutes and 23 seconds, which an hour and 20 minutes is also known as 80 minutes, which means Jack and Dave are both close. And so this, So the only thing we know here is that Daniel is out and it's now between David and Jack because I need to think of something else to break this.
0: Wait, hang on. Is it not the rule as if whoever answers first is the tiebreaker?
3: Oh, yeah. You got yours in first because you had the same answer. But I didn't think either of you would get the same answer. There you go. David Hockney put his answer of 80 minutes in first. So I guess this. Ladies and gentlemen, your new undisputed ESSR champion is David Hockney.
0: Boom. And he does oh, it again
2: What a big VL way I went in that day Those, those that know who smits it first Get a grip <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm sure that rule's been mentioned before
3: Yes, usually it is the rule Where if you If you both put the same answer It's whoever gets it first It's just I wasn't expecting that to happen In a situation where there are three people playing I thought I'd get three different answers But yes, I almost forgot that that was the rule So yeah Dave, you got the answer of 80 minutes in first. You and Jack, fair play to both of you for coming up with the same like answer, but again, Dave, quickness was your ally in this situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Jack, look on the bright side. At least the title is now fully back with Saturday Draft
1: Live.
2: Hey, fuck off, prick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, before we carry on any further, just let's clarify one thing. This is a continuation of Hotney's reign, not a brand new one. That's fine. That's fine so I'm um, still on eight rings. Yes. yes. And if I see a ninth one appear, I'm coming to your door.
0: <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe you even looked this up beforehand, Dave. That's, that's poor form. What? Poor, poor form. I have to... I'm a stats man. I have to do my research.
3: I would like to point out, I did not mention what my question was going to be to anybody in advance here. And if anybody wants to say, I dispute my ruling here, I will happily show you screenshots of the, the answers I received to prove that uh, I got the that one. and I'll show, even show you the timestamp to show that Dave got his in first. You know, no, no, I, no, will have my, I will not have my authority questioned here.
1: Well, Scott's kind of Scott's kind of got it wrong because he did tell me the question. I just got it wrong just for the bands. <laughs>
3: I know as you said like Dave's reign continues. However, he, he he continues on without his co-champion, which means your first reign as his third champion is over. How do you feel though when you it was? You got to finally be ESSR champion, and I actually I just thought you stood a chance at war games.
1: And
3: how do you feel now?
1: Well, it was it was interesting at first, but you, you know, it's it's one thing that if I if I was to really like play this up, it'd be like my first reign was as a co-champion, not a full champion. But I can at least just say I was a champion. You know, I might not have gotten there, you know, as quick as Jack did, but you know, that's something that I can put onto the resume now. Uh, I just need to add 365 champion, and you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll go for the quiz Showdown title at some point. Hmm. Interesting.
3: Well, originally, I think the going into this, uh, the percentage for draft winners successfully retained their title was like in more in favour that the person who won the season winning it. Where I think now with your loss, that makes it 50-50 I think three people have won with their draft opportunity, and three have lost. Uh, are you disappointed in, in yourself that you didn't uh, you didn't uh, take advantage of your opportunity successfully, or is it? Do you guys put it down to the fact that it was a triple threat? I put it
2: down to the fact it was a it was a triple threat. Obviously, me and Dave managed to get the both the both the right answer at the end. Obviously, he he said when putting the answer a oh, while. I looked this up earlier, so kind of when you knew at that point, I was like, "Ah, fuck!" But uh, I always kind of thought that when I watched it the morning after, both matches were about 40 minutes. So I was like, "I'll put 80. No, that'll that'll do." I'm I'm happy that I got the right answer, near enough, obviously not to the exact second, but I just uh, preparation in it. That's yeah. That's that's what
3: that's what's what's one here. I think if also if either of you had put the exact seconds, I would have, got, I would have gotten to who was the winner clear and not had to make a fool of myself by saying, if oh, I find another tiebreaker before being reminded it's hmm. whoever's, whoever's quickest. And it's the man takes it's screwed Jack again. I'll tell you that. <laughs> One thing you should learn when you go into these types of situations here, it's always a math-related question. It's always to do with numbers, which is probably why this man was so prepared David Hockney, mm-hmm. the old champion, but now you are undisputedly the, the champion as you're no longer a co-champ.
1: How, mm. are, you,
3: how are you feeling? Tell me what
0: you're feeling right now. You know what? As a man who's a fan of the Undisputed Era, I think it's only fitting that my title is now the Undisputed Champion of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I've been the <sighs> inaugural champion. I have made it to eight reigns now. I am climbing my way up that leaderboard and the only, I think the only thing that's eluded me so far is the quiz showdown championship and Spear Change of the 10, which I will get to it eventually. And
3: you may not even get to enjoy this reign as, as champion for long because also we would do a one last predictions contest uh, in 2020. We have TLC on the 20th of December, so uh, not too long away. I think it's just over a week's time. Which, so, funnily
0: enough, is my birthday.
3: Oh, and what a and what a birthday present everybody in ASSR is looking to give you when that is taking your belt away from you uh, but, I'm sure
0: you know the feeling don't you Scott oh, oh <laughs> he aren't
3: mentioned you mentioned the a,
1: thing he mentioned the thing
3: aren't you a funny fucker aren't you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> ladies and gentlemen official ruling uh, I've changed my mind Jack Graham is the winner again
0: <laughs> get on recording it's on
3: recording two times
2: two times earphone is off chair is tucked in see you later on <laughs>
3: And I, I, I can't, sorry, the, the original decision stands. I, I don't have that kind of power. Cause even if I, I don't think that Stephen would yell at me as soon as we finished recording. Like he did when, <laughs> when, I, when I said that the NXT quiz wasn't for the title, and then within a few hours I had to say, actually, it is for the title. I but I want to thank Daniel Campbell for coming even though obviously he's no longer a SSR champion. It was, it's, it's good to have him on, you know, as he was a, a great performer in last year's draft. It's sad to not have him as
1: part of the season. Well, never say never. I might be back next season, maybe the one after that. But you know, this isn't goodbye. It's just see you later. Exactly.
3: Uh, again, lastly thank you to my co-host Jack Graham. All oh, right, thanks, Scott,
2: and uh, thanks, Daniel, for the for the competition you gave me last season. We haven't really had to had a proper thank you on the show yet, because we're not on. with many with each other, but I thoroughly enjoyed the the chase to the season six championship draft table championship thing. You know, it
3: was fun. I enjoyed it. That oh, was a nail-biter for sure.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, obviously, our new champion, David Hockner. Ooh! Uh, uh,
0: hey, haters gonna hate.
3: Honestly, remember, get this episode and all previous episodes in our back catalogue, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, as well as East, sweets West, our feature shows this Tuesday. We've got a feature show on the WWE and Japan career of Shinsuke Nakamura and also, we've got plenty of good content on the YouTube channel. Yesterday, at the time recording, recording, uh, Jack versus Ross and the It tournament went up. And so you should check that out. And also, Daniel Cal mentioned Quiz Showdown. Quiz Showdown 6 Merry Christmas, the FLC Animals, is going up uh, the 21st of December. You'll see that. And we're going to close this out with a, a lovely advertisement for that For that. You know, as, as Lord Alfred Hayes would say, you know, promotional consideration paid for by the following. Goodbye.
1: This is an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown 6. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Hi, my name's Daniel Campbell. I'm the host of Quiz Showdown. And since it's Christmas time, we're going to do a Christmas special called Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. See Ross McLeod defend his championship against six of ESSR's finest in a Christmas-themed wrestling quiz where there will be laughs, hilarity and fun. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown 6. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Coming December 21st.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.